beautiful. That's what comes to mind when we think about our human design and we're progressively exposed to the perfection of God's original design. Our lives begin to reflect that beauty. Your life is His design, and His design is beautiful. Thank you for engaging with us as we are about to be further exposed to the beauty of His design as we look into the world to see Jesus. Alright, John chapter number 16 and verse 33. We'll look at it in the King James, then in the Amplified Classic. All right, let's read together. Want to go? These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Glory, hallelujah. Is this God's word to you? All right, let's look at it in the Amplified Classic. Let's read it together, everybody. I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world you have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration. But be of good cheer, take courage, be confident, certain, undaunted for i have overcome the world what does that mean i have deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you glory hallelujah precious holy spirit we thank you now our hearts are yielded to you we receive your word with joy and gladness and we give you praise in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. God bless you. All right, so we are starting a new series in September. Glory to God. And this series is going to launch you. Amen. It's very simple. It's called a merry heart a merry heart now as i as i proceed with teaching this morning i want to say that as we begin this morning um i always encourage you to be present um there are many times you're in a space your mind wanders for a bit um there are certain things and i'll show you in scripture there are certain things that you know paul talked about Reminding you of these things is for your benefit, okay? So first things, put your mind here. You can train your mind like that, you know. I don't know how many of you it has happened to that maybe you're praying, your mind starts to wander, you bring your mind back. You, it's a training. You can literally train your mind. You know, the people who seem to be swayed by many things is simply because they've not trained their mind to stay on one thing. So in this service, I can assure you that your mind might want to wander somewhere. Train it. Bring it back. Praise God. The other thing I want to mention very quickly is that you get to know the quality of what people are receiving. All right? The quality of teaching people are receiving by the quality of life they are leading. 
not just by the, you know, by the energy with which you receive, okay, but by the impact, right? By the impact that these words are making on the quality of your life. Are you hearing me? So you're not just store. You see, your head is not just a knowledge bank to just be depositing knowledge, depositing knowledge. I mean, you will receive knowledge this morning, praise God. But your head is not a knowledge bank just to be depositing knowledge. Um, at some point, you should make, make withdrawals. Amen. Amen? From the bank of knowledge that you have. And I'm not just talking about scientific knowledge or academic knowledge. I'm talking about revelation knowledge. You know, from time to time, as you leave service, make withdrawals from that, from that bank. Amen? Amen? Many of you know how you take your withdrawal book or you take your checkbook, you go to the bank, you make the withdrawals. You deposited it so that you can withdraw. Amen? Amen? I don't know anybody who deposits for the sake of depositing. You just deposit to dash the bank, the money. No, no, no. One day you're going to need it. Oh, glory to God. I, I'm, I'm already teaching one day you're going to need that withdrawal. You would have to go there. In fact, it is a sign of definite wisdom. All right? Not just knowledge. You see, a person can have knowledge and be foolish. Yeah. You can have knowledge and be foolish. Wisdom is the use of knowledge. In other words, you make withdrawals on knowledge. That's wisdom. Let me tell you what I mean. So a medical doctor knows the danger of smoking. He even tells you how dangerous it is, all right? That's knowledge. But you find him smoking. So he knows that it's very dangerous, but he's smoking. So he's knowledgeable, but he's not wise. I get what I'm saying. He knows a lot of stuff, but there's no wisdom to his knowledge. God doesn't want you to just have your bank full of deposits of revelation knowledge. He wants you to be wise. Make withdrawals on those, on those things. Glory to God. So let me go back to what I've just said. You know the quality of what people are receiving by the quality of lives they are leading. Not just by the kind of information that is coming to your head. But how that thing is shaping you. You're learning about grace. You're learning to be gracious. Praise God forevermore. So this is called a merry heart. A merry heart. A merry heart. We're starting from John 16 and verse 33. In the Amplified Classic, it says, put it up on the screen, please. It says, I have told you these things so that you may have perfect peace. So the peace God wants you to have is described, okay? There is a description to that peace. It's called perfect peace, all right? It says, and confidence. In the world, you have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration. So what you are seeing today is not new. Jesus told you what to expect. Are you hearing what I'm saying? All right, you have all of those things. He says, but be of good cheer. Take courage, be confident, be certain, be undaunted. Glory, hallelujah. He says, for I have overcome the world. Now, this is 
the basis, all right? I'm going to show you. The basis of your good cheer is that God has overcome the world. Jesus has overcome the world. Now, what does he Let's read this together, everybody. He says, I have deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. So that's which you're trying to conquer. Jesus says he has conquered it for you. Are you getting what I'm saying? So let's start with the fact that the episode title is called A Merry Heart. That's the first episode, and that's the episode title. So Jesus said to be of good cheerfulness, to be of good cheer. Okay? Now, if Jesus said to be of good cheer, then you must be, um, you must be aware or sure that there is something called a bad chair. You know, how do we know a good chair and a bad chair? It says, be of good cheerfulness. Why? I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of its power to hurt you. I have deprived the world of its power to harm you. All right, so be of good cheer is that you are, there's a bad cheer, right? And I'll tell you what a bad cheer is. A bad cheer is that you are merry about other people's downfall. All right, you are laughing or finding pleasure in the calamities that have befallen someone. That's not a good chair. That's a bad chair. Now, you see, many people can live their lives finding pleasure in the bad things. Listen, it says good chair, right? So it means that there is a kind of chair that you shouldn't be involved in. It's just like when scripture says be of good, that, that, that you would have good success, meaning there is bad success, all right? But God wants you to have good success. There's also something called good chair. The source of your cheerfulness cannot be the misfortune of other people. You can't find joy and pleasure in somebody else's misfortune. Even if you hate them, first of all, we shouldn't hate anybody, as believers in Christ Jesus, you would know, be so blessed today. Amen. Trust me, you'll be glad you came to church. All right, as believers, we should not find pleasure in anybody's pain or anybody's downfall or anybody's um, sorrow. Are you getting what I'm saying? The source of your cheerfulness is not the misfortune of someone, not your neighbor. Not the one who did something wrong to you. Now, just look straight at me. There are many times that you really wish. Now, you see, you really wish that somebody goes through a, something horrible because of what they did or because of what they said to you or because of something they said or because of something they did to you. You're just somewhere. That's witchcraft. That's witchcraft. That's manipulation. Just pay attention to this. So Jesus said, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So there is a narrowing of the kind of chair that we are talking about. We are not asking you to be of good cheer, go to a party on Friday night. No. And then you say, pastor said we should be of good cheer. So Friday night club, 10 to 1 a.m. That might be cheer, but it's not a good chair. Jesus said it. The kind that you should have. All right? Be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Glory, hallelujah. So we are not taking the lights. 
you'd be blessed. We are not taking the light in somebody's misfortune. There is nobody on your streets that you wish they would break their leg. There's nobody in your neighborhood or in your life that you wish something bad will happen to them. And then when it happens, you say, that serves them right. No, not you. Say, not me. Oh, say it again. Say, not me. You know, many people turn God, they turn their relationship with God into Capone. You know, like as if God is a hitman in a cult. God is not a cult hitman. He is the father of the universe. He is the father of Boko Haram. BH may not know it. They may not know, but they may not have signed up for their own part, but he is still their father. And if given the opportunity, all right, he would love them to be saved. So God is not wishing evil on anybody. And the believer should never find cheerfulness in somebody else's misfortune. All right, let's continue. So what then is the root, the source of your chair? What then is the source of your chair? We find it here. It says the source of your chair is that Jesus has overcome this world, depriving it of its power to harm you. Glory to God. You know, many times people think, People think low thoughts, okay? And the reason why people think low thoughts is because they have not given themselves to the thoughts that Jesus thinks. If you give yourself wholly to the thoughts that Jesus thinks, guess what? You would be so occupied gaining victory, you would not have time to laugh at other people's downfall. Can you say amen? amen. So what is the root or what is the source of your chair? Jesus says it. He says, because he has overcome this world. Say this with me. Jesus has overcome the world. Depriving it of its power. To harm me. Glory to God forevermore. Hallelujah. So Jesus has overcome the world. He has brought the world to his knees for you. He has brought the systems of the world to his knees for you. So the cheerfulness that Jesus is talking about is the cheer that you get when you have victory. How many of you have victory and then you're sad? Have you ever seen a football team that has won and then they're sad? No. No. If I've never seen. Or you score a goal, one goal, two goals, three goals, and you are still sad. No, that doesn't happen. So the good cheer... Is actually tied to your victory in Christ. Say amen. amen. So when we talk about having a merry heart, we are saying tie it to your victory in Christ. Tie it to the victory that Jesus has already purchased for you. Say this with me. Jesus, Jesus my, Savior, my Savior, has purchased, has purchased victory, victory for, me. for me. Now this is how you talk. See, it says in the world... You have tribulation and trials and distress and frustrations. Now, what that means is that these things might come at you. They might come at you. Okay? But your focus is not on the things that are coming at you. It's on the victory Jesus has already obtained for you. Oh, say amen, church. 
Your focus is not on the things Satan is throwing at you. Because whatever you focus on will grow. Whatever you focus on will be magnified. If you put laser focus, in fact, there's been scientific um, experiments that where you put a, a, that thing, all right? And you, a, whatever, and you focus like that, all right? And you let the rays of the sun, it starts to burn the paper, right? It, the magnifying glass. So whatever you put, many people's magnifying glass is on their trials and tribulation. And so when you talk about a merry heart, it's like, it's like you're, you're asking them to hang the moon. Like, how can you say we should be merry in this kind of condition? Sing, oh, barren. You understand? The, the effort tree to start to sing, even when you have not seen anything in the natural, is what actually demonstrates that you have confidence in the finished work of Jesus. And you say, Amen. Amen. Kai, by the end of this series, eh? You will live the next 80, 90 years of your life being merry. Amen. Thank you, dear Lord Jesus. 1 John 5 and verse 4. 1 John 5 and verse 4. 1 John 5 and verse 4. Let's read together. We want to go. It says, For whatsoever is born of God, does what? Overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, which is what? Even our faith. So the other thing that you have to know in creating a merry heart, you see, because a merry heart is not one of those things that is actually an impartation from God. A merry heart must be, must be brought up out of your spirit. You see, joy and merriness, eh? I can lay hands on you, all right, and you receive the spirit of joy. Okay? That can happen. But to participate in that joy, you must cooperate. So if the hand of God is upon you, and, you know, I lay hands on you, and you, you know, you receive the spirit of joy, but you refuse to be in joy. You refuse to find any reason to rejoice. Trust me. That spirit, as it drops, it will lift. Because, you see, God cannot come to participate with you in a pity party. No, he can't. He will understand where you are. But if he ever shows up, it's to bring you out. Can you say amen? Amen. So it says, for whatsoever is born of God. Can you say this with me? I am born of God. Glory, hallelujah. Say this with me. I have overcome the world. It says, whatsoever is born of God, overcometh the world. In other words, you are in a constant triumphant victory for the rest of your life. So this cheerfulness we are talking about is tied to the revelation of your victory in Christ. I want you to take note of that. A merry heart is tied to the revelation of your victory in Christ. And we say amen. amen. Glory, hallelujah. John chapter number 1 and verse 13. John chapter number 1 and verse 13. Just want to get a few scriptures out of the way. Let's read together. I want to go. He says, which were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, 
nor of the will of man but born of god so you are born of god and whatsoever is born of god overcomes the world he says this is the victory that overcomes the world our faith in jesus listen you can't i'm telling you i'm telling you you cannot have faith and fear at the same time no you can't see you can have fear or you can have faith but you can't have both at the same time you either have faith in the finished work of jesus in what jesus has accomplished or you have fear concerning the trials and tribulations but you can't have both so your faith in what jesus has done is the root of the victory that you have in christ and that is the source of your cheerfulness listen you may not have done any other thing in your life but you're of good cheer i am of the opinion that if people will sit down and just meditate on god's word you will be happy you will be full of joy say this with me i have overcome the world because i am born of god so let's define what a merry heart means what def let's define what a merry heart means a merry heart is tied to having hope number one having hope many of you will come back to this teaching again and again Amen. number two is not getting discouraged not getting discouraged number three not losing faith not losing faith number four living life joyfully so a merry heart is having hope not getting discouraged not losing faith and living life joyfully somebody say this with me i have hope, I have hope. say it again say i have hope I am full of joy. Glory, hallelujah. I am not giving up. God is my father. And he is always with me. Psalms 51 and verse 12. Psalms 51 and verse 12. Let's read together. I want you you get this. Okay. Amen. The power of God is here. You get this. Amen. Amen. All right. Let's read it together. Want to go? It says what? Restore unto me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. The place where I want to focus on is called, listen to this. It says, David was praying. It says, create in me a clean heart, renew a right spirit within me, cast me not away from your presence. It says, restore unto me listen to this i'm going somewhere restore unto me the joy of your salvation now we are not magnifying his prayer we are bringing out a truth out of it there is something called the joy of salvation there is such a thing brothers and sisters as the joy that comes from being saved the joy of salvation so David is saying, now this is, this is David, oh, you've got to understand that this is David. He, oh boy, thank you, Jesus. He's a king, 
He has seen wealth. Because some of you think that all that is missing in your life is some money. He's not. <laughs> this is a king talking. He has seen wealth. He has seen notoriety. He has seen exposure. He has seen, you know, he, you know, as a king, he has traveled to places. In fact, as a king, he has demanded for things that he wanted and they offered it to him on a platter. You know, he has the authority. Some of you think if I just have more power, then I'll be more joyful. If I just have more authority, if I can see somebody sleep and they sleep, then I'll be more joyful. Somebody stand and never move, and they stand and never move, I'll be more joyful. Or if I have all the money in the world, I'll be more joyful. David is showing us something. He says, restore to me the joy of your salvation. He did not know at the time he was writing this that Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So he's asking for something to be restored that you and I today in the new creation know cannot be taken away. I guess what I'm saying? But the revelation that I'm trying to bring out from here is there is such a thing as the joy of salvation. And you see, this joy of salvation is participatory. In other words, it's a joy that you must participate in. It's a cheerfulness that you must participate in to benefit from. So, so listen, I've just told you the source of your merry heart, number one, is the victory that Jesus has accomplished for you. The fact that he has overcome the world and given you the victory. All right? The second thing, the roots of your cheerfulness is in his salvation. Say this with me, I am rejoicing, I am rejoicing. In, his salvation. in his salvation. You know, let me tell you something. Listen to me, everybody. Before the enemy ever attacks you, you must have heard a lot of things that would have changed your life if you practiced them. But you sat in church, received the word with no intention of doing what you are hearing. And then when Satan comes, or when the day comes, you now say, I was not ready. No, you had been ready since. I guess what I'm saying? That's why I told you that when you receive God's word, it must be to the intent of using it. I don't know where you are in your personal life right now. All right? But receive this word and decide to use it. Come back to me a month later. So there is such a thing as the joy of salvation. Now let's, let's take that word and magnify it a little bit. The word salvation is yesha. In the Hebrew, it means deliverance. Write it down. Deliverance, rescue. It means safety. It means welfare. So this salvation is not just spiritual salvation. It starts with the spiritual salvation. But it goes on to mean all of these things. Deliverance. Now let me ask you a question. How many of you will have joy if you were delivered from something? Let's say there was something and you were, you, you, you were delivered. How many of you will be morose? How many of you will be joyful? about your deliverance depending on how great that deliverance was so great will be your joy right okay how about rescue <laughs> you are in a tight place god rescued you how many of you will rejoice how about welfare you have welfare your needs are met 
all right you or you know that you have a source some of you rejoice so the, this is the meaning of salvation it's not just the spiritual salvation all right it's also a soulish salvation it's also a mental salvation it's also a knowing that deliverance has come you might be in a tight place but deliverance has come can you say amen, amen. amen. glory hallelujah say this with me i have the joy of salvation I have now, listen, I want to be very clear. We don't pray like David today. All right? Restore unto me the joy of salvation. Where did he go? He went nowhere. It's always been there. Actually, the scripture says, out of your belly shall flow these rivers. Do you understand? That joy went nowhere. Now, listen. That doesn't mean that there are no times when you feel dry, when you feel like laxy, when you feel like nothing is happening. But that you feel dry doesn't mean God is dry. That you feel dry doesn't mean that you have lost every... Do you understand what I'm saying? All you just simply need to do is fan to flame that which, which is already inside. Listen, it says restore to me. So let me tell you, David must have been in a place of, in quotes, fellowship, where he knew... That despite all he had, he could identify what was missing. Do you understand? I have my cars, I have my Rolls Royces, and you know, you know, I'm just thinking about it. That some of you wake up tomorrow and there are eight Rolls Royces lined up in your house, different colours, gold, silver, burgundy. <laughs> I get what I'm saying? How many will still have time to be able to see what was missing? Hi. I get what I'm saying. David had participated with these things and he didn't find joy in them. And then he came back to this same salvation that everybody makes light of. You say somebody, I'm saved. And then they, they say, is it just that? Show me your promotion at work. Show me your prosperity. David had gotten all of those things. And then he comes back into his prayer closet. He could still have the presence of mind to know that something was missing. And then he could trace it to the joy of salvation that needed to be restored. Another word for restored is replenish. In other words, it was there before. It seems to have dissipated. Replenish it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes, sir. In other words, now, see, listen to me. Some of you may not have arrived when it comes to money. Okay. David had arrived and came back to salvation. <laughs> oh, you didn't hear what I just said. I get some. He had gotten the height of notoriety. Then he came back to magnify salvation. You don't need to wait to go there then come back. Like you get what I'm saying? Just start from here and go upwards. Can you say amen? amen? Start from salvation and rejoice in salvation. I'll show you what it is in a bit. As you are rejoicing in this salvation, go upwards. Can we say amen? Amen. Glory, hallelujah. Let's look at Habakkuk chapter number... Oh, I love this. Habakkuk chapter number 3, from verse 17 to 19. Habakkuk chapter number 3, from verse... Please pay attention to this joy that comes from knowing God's salvation. Many of you have the joy that comes from getting promotion. All right? The joy that comes from increase in your life. But you know the problem with that joy? It doesn't last. <laughs> How many of you here, just look straight at me. How many of you here have ever bought something you were really longing to get? 
and then three months down the line. Some of you, three months is too much. That, that thing ceases to have its lure, its appeal, its attraction. You know why? It was never designed to. Ever. It was never. It was never. The big thing that you already have, all right, is your way out of, out of depression. Is your way out of frustration. Can we say amen? amen? Kai, say I rejoice in God. I rejoice in God. My Savior. My Savior. Do you know you've gotten the best gift already? You see, I, I'm not asking you to mount it. Don't mount it. Don't know it in your head. Withdraw from it. In the days of crisis, withdraw from these truths. You may not have music, you may not have keyboard, you may not have sound, you may not have anything. But dance in your room hmm? with towel. Dance. I am saved. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The joy of my salvation. This one needed to be restored. Yours is permanently there. You just need to participate in it. Can you say amen? amen. I have a few things to say. So I, 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 wanna, I just want to build this up. Let's read this together. Everybody wants to go. Wow, this is powerful. It says, although the fig tree shall not blossom. Stop. We all plant in the hope it will blossom. Yes. Kaya. Kaya. You start businesses in the hope that it will blossom. Look at this. It says, although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vine. So this guy has looked. No fruit. Hey. Ha ha. No fruit. Let's continue. The labor of the olive shall fail, and the field shall yield no meat. Wow. The flock shall be cut off from the fold. Wow. Wow. And there shall be no head in the stores. Wow. This guy, listen, this guy's economy is built on commerce, on transactions from his produce. He's looked at his entire, the fig tree is not blossoming, meaning there's nothing to sell. Meaning everywhere is dry, right? There's no fruit in the vines, meaning you can't, you can't create any wine. Are you getting what I'm saying? All right? The labor of the olive has failed. No olive oil. The fields yield no meat. Livestock dying. Hiya. Okay. He says, and there is no head in the stalls. It does not stop there. Look at the colon. It does not stop there. Look at the next verse. He says, yet. Yet. Look at it. He says, yet. I will rejoice in the Lord. And do what? I will joy in the God of my salvation. There comes a time in your life where the only thing that you have worthy of praise is your salvation. Oh, and brothers and sisters, until you get to that point where that's the only thing that truly matters to you, you have really not started living. So the root, Jesus said it already. It says, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Right? But now, listen. It's like I announced. I said, come and eat. Come and drink. Or come to my party. But now the people I announced to are there standing and looking at me. So Jesus is announcing to you, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Now, instead of the people to say, I will be of good cheer. Because Jesus has overcome the world. They are standing there looking at me. They say, Jesus, you don't get. My problem is so much. 
<laughs> if I put it on four trucks, it will fill it and there will be more. So when he invites you, you come. Just imagine he told Peter, step out. Peter said, no, sir. Look at the wind. He said, step out. Peter said, ah, are you not seeing the storm? That's what many people are doing. Jesus says, be of good cheer. They say, sir, you don't know my credit history. You don't know my bank account. You don't know my bank statement. You don't know how many people have spoken about me. You don't. And he said, no, leave that. You first be of good cheer. So look at this scripture very well. Very powerful stuff. It says, look, I have looked into my world. I can't see anything that seems to be working. My fields are dry. There's no fruit. I planted in the hope that it's going to bear fruit. Nothing is blossoming. Nothing. It looks like everything is dry. I come back to the one thing. I told you. The one thing. It says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Say that with me. Say yet. Yes. I will rejoice in the Lord. So look at me, everybody. There comes a time in your journey on this earth where all you have and all that is in your name is the Lord. And listen, don't wait until that day comes. Make that decision today. That all you have is him. Then your heart will not be swaying to the left when something happens or swaying to the right. Your focus will be on him. Look at that. It says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. And I will joy in the God of my salvation. So what I'm telling you this morning is, don't wait until you don't see fruits yet. Start now by rejoicing in the God of your salvation. Start now by making a big deal of his salvation over your life. Of the fact that you are born again. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. This is the root of joy. This is the root of a cheerful heart. Listen. Every other thing is likely to fail. Hello. You can invest and think that that investment. Nothing can happen to it. By tomorrow you can wake up and see that your investment is blown out the window. Amen. Blown out the window. He says, yet the source of my joy is the Lord, my salvation. So, okay, you've taken, you've taken my car. <laughs> okay. You've taken this. Okay. You've taken money. Okay. One thing you can't take is my salvation. Listen, one thing that cannot fail. Is my salvation. And out of this salvation will come every other thing. Yes, out of this salvation. Yes, and you say amen. Glory amen. to God. Amen. Say I will joy. I will in God my, God my salvation. Say it again. Say I will joy. I will in God my, salvation. God my salvation. Say it one more time. Say I will joy. I will in God my salvation. God my salvation. So write this down. It starts, your merry heart starts from not looking at what is happening in your environment. Your salvation becomes the only truth worthy of celebrating. Yet, I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. 
I want you to look, look up at me, everybody. So, there is the aspect of this rejoicing that is a will. I will. Glory to God. Nothing has changed, but I will. I get what I'm saying? So, there is a part of this demonstrating joy and cheerfulness. Listen, I said that before. I'll say it again. Joy is contagious. So you can receive it by impartation. That's the truth. But you see, when hands are laid on you and you receive the spirit of joy instead of the spirit of heaviness by impartation, it's a joy you have to participate in. You see, when, you are, when people are children in, in the things of God, okay, they, they have this impression that Every time I need to participate in joy, God has to start the tap. Now, the tap is always on. <laughs> always on. So, at the beginning of your journey, he, he always, because you are, you are constantly feeling that your salvation experience is a feeling. So, you have things to power that feeling. I guess what I'm saying? You have the goosebumps, you have the lightheadedness, you have the feeling, you have the effects. As you grow older, God is not obligated to give you a feeling so long as he fulfills his word. God is obligated to his word, not your feelings. Say amen. Now, I don't want to bring to you this distanced father who doesn't care how you feel. No. The Bible says he's touched by the feelings of our infirmity. But to use your feelings to grow in your relationship with him will not work. <laughs> no, it will not work. It won't work. I'm telling you, it won't work. At some point, you have to take him at his word. If you're in a relationship with people, with anybody, you know that even if they loved one, let's say your husband or your wife, you know, you would learn not to always use feelings. You understand what I'm saying? You will learn to take people at their word. You said you will come and get me. I trust you to come and get me. Whether you feel like it or not. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? You said so. If you don't have those kinds of relationships in your life, they're always giving excuses. Look, let me tell you. I'm not, I don't know. Nobody's pulling this out of me because I'm not going there. But let me just tell you, there, are, there comes a time in your journey where you're no longer looking for a feel good. You're now looking for words to hold. You know, can you capture your feeling? Capture. Just catch it and put it in a locker. No, but you can hold words. You said you will come at six. Hold, I hold you. I get what I'm saying? Now, God wants that kind of transaction with him where you're not coming to transact with him based on how you feel. You show up how you feel. No! God wants you. He says, take with you words and come. Not take with you feelings. Take with you words. Come with words. In other words, once you're feeling the way that you are feeling, it is only what I have said you can hold me to. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? It's only the words that I have spoken unto you that is my promise to you. Okay, go and catch God's feelings. How is he feeling? 
But what has he said? And you say amen. amen. Say this with me. Say, I rejoice, I rejoice. In, God, in God my salvation. Let's look at verse 19. See progression. Just see progression. Look at verse 19. Want to go? Everybody read together. Want to go? The Lord is, yeah, is my strength. And he will make my feet like hinds feet. All right, and he will make me to walk upon my high places. Listen, this is the song of your heart. He says to the sing, string chief singer on my string instrument. Listen, you are looking for mm -mm, it's the song of your heart. Nothing is working on the outside. I choose joy, I choose to rejoice in the God of my salvation. Then things begin to work. That's it. Verse 19. Then I begin to walk upon my high places. Then he makes my feet like the hind's feet. Then I begin to see things working. This is the song of my heart. In other words, my heart is singing. I am rejoicing despite what is not working. Take this thing. Oh, you will need it. I have not even seen anybody who lives through life without needing these teachings. Woo, glory to God. Thank you, dear Lord Jesus. Can you give the Lord a shout of praise? Say this with me. Yet I will rejoice. Say it again. Say, yet I will rejoice. Now, you know, under the old covenant, salvation was more of a concept. Under the new covenant, salvation is a person. He actually takes the name Savior. So, in the old covenant, you're rejoicing in the concept of salvation. In the new covenant, you're rejoicing in the person, your savior. Listen, there is nothing that you can ever find yourself in that your savior will not bring you out. Oh, you didn't hear me. There is nothing. I don't care even if it's your fault that the savior will not bring you out of. And you say, Amen. amen. Right, let's go to another Kai Kai Kai. I'm being blessed. Are you being blessed? Yes, Glory, hallelujah. Glory. Thank you, dear Lord Jesus. Glory. Let's look at Proverbs chapter number 17 and verse 22. Proverbs chapter number 17 and verse 22. Look at that. Thank you, Lord. All right. How many of you are here? How many of you are being blessed? Yes, sir. How, how many of you will rejoice in God, your salvation? Yes, sir. I don't know how to emphasize this so much for time because many times as teachers, because we know we are on a limited time, if I, if I stayed with this conversation, I can do it for six, eight hours. Just talking about the God of your salvation. The God of your salvation. Have you looked at the elements of this world and see how quickly things fail and how quickly things can collapse? But the God of your salvation cannot fail. Now look up at me, everybody. The power of God is upon what I'm saying. You see, it's important to learn these things we are talking about. Learn it. I feel the power of God very strong. You know, there's, no, there's been no time in the history of our world where we have more access to entertainment than now. Have you noticed? Have you noticed? Hello? Is anybody here with me? 
I mean, there's been no time in the history of the world where we've had access to more entertainment than we do now. There's your Netflix. There's, I mean, ne entertainment at your fingertip. You blink, there's Prime. You blink, there's Netflix. You blink, even, <laughs> I don't want to say this one publicly. <laughs> Me, I don't need to go to cinema. That's all I'll say. You blink, see, you blink like this, there's entertainment everywhere. You wake up, there's TikTok. You wake up, there's Twitter. You wake up, there's, there's entertainment. You are surrounded with entertainment. Surrounded with things entertaining you. But have you checked that this is the time people are more depressed? Has it dawned on you that with the increase of our access to, to entertainment and media, people should be happier, right? The, with the increase to the act, I mean, right now, let's not even talk about the evil. Let's talk about the good. You can take any course you like now online. Any course. You don't need to travel to Liverpool, John Moore. You don't need to travel to, to Luton. You don't need to travel to America. Right there, they have brought professors of global repute to you. You can take all courses, get certification, pay for it. They will send your certificate to you in your house, on your bed. So how is it that at this time that people are making the most progress in, that you would think, the most advancement in science and technology, all right, in, in media, in governance, in leadership, access to information at your fingertip, at the snap of a Google search, boom. You are literally connected to anywhere in the world. And people are depressed. <laughs> Has it not dawned on you? That is possible. That is this participating in the joy of the Lord that comes as a result of your salvation that is missing. I dare you to take part and see what's going to happen. We have so much Netflix. Very little knowledge of our salvation. And when, when we talk about it, they say, you know, when I hear people say, leave that salvation thing first. Leave that, leave that, leave that matter first. I'm like, what did you smoke? Oh, certainly you must be high on something. What did you drink? <laughs> what? <laughs> At the thoughts of God's salvation, David danced. Dance to the point that you know we talk about. I will dance like the heavy. <laughs> Do you understand the revelation that the guy was dancing to? Not just the dance. So you are finished now. You are sweated. You have, that's why you've turned your. You've done asanto, asanta, and then you've done everything. Then you go back, and as soon as you hit your bed, you are depressed again. You know, some people even make it as though depression is their right. <laughs> like it's your exclusive right. You alone, you alone has a mark on your face that you alone must participate in depression. The devil is a liar. Take these words that you are hearing as the truth from the word of God. Look at somebody who could still rejoice. In that Habakkuk scripture, I don't have time to, you know, to open it too much. When you get home, look at it. 
Somebody could still rejoice in that things were failing, but he had magnified the God of his salvation. The God of his salvation had become bigger than any experience he was having. Let's read this together, everybody. One, two, go. Read it again. One to go, everybody. Yeah. So you find out. Let's let's just let's just teach her a bit. So it says, "A merry heart does good like medicine." Now that word, medicine, is cure and healing. You may want to write it down. The word medicine is cure and healing. Cure and healing. So what it says is that a merry heart, and we have shown you the root of our merriness. Amen. What, and I'll show you something before we close. I'll show you. We're showing you the root of our merriness. It's not, you know, because it's so important to highlight the root of this merriness. Lest somebody will go home, okay, say, Pastor say we should be merry. Bring out my whiskey. Bring out my Hennessy. Bring out my Don Perion. Bring out my this. All right, it's time to be merry. Give me some music. <laughs> I guess what I'm saying. Let me tell you, eh? I can assure you one thing. When you finish, when you finish, your depression will come in two, three truckloads. Like a wind. <laughs> so we must define this merry heartedness. Otherwise, people will leave service. And start taking all the parties that they know. Ah, pastor said we should be merry. Ah, your party. I'm going to be merry. No, it is. There is a root to our merriness. Number one is the victory of Jesus. Number two, it is the God of our salvation. See, you must, you must build a fence about, around your merriness. The fence of redemption must surround your merriness. I get what I'm saying? The fence of his righteousness must surround your merriness. I'm not finding mer merriness in somebody's misfortune. You know, that can be a source of some people's merriness. They will, ah ha, ah ha, ah ha, ah ha. Laugh themselves to sleep. And as you are laughing like that, just know you are a witch. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, Jesus was not laughing at people's misfortune, was he? All right, let's read this together. Is this the word of God? All right, let's read it together. Everybody want to go. A merry heart does what? Does good like what? Medicine. So let's, he says, but yeah, continue. But what? A broken spirit does what? So a merry heart, all right, equals medicine, right? Which means cure and healing. But then now he goes on to say a stricken spirit, which is a broken spirit. What does it mean? Because it's important to give, to give meaning to these things. A broken spirit means an afflicted spirit, overwhelmed spirit, and it's either overwhelmed by events or a disease. All right, 
A broken spirit has to do with misfortune and sorrow. Some people carry their lives as though it pays to be sorrowful. Look at the end product of a broken spirit. It's dryness of bones. Dryness of bones. You look at somebody, something has entered their spirit. Let me give you an example. Something has entered a person's spirit that has now broken them. Listen, listen, listen. Look up at me, everybody. When you are in faith and that thing did not work and your heart is sad or broken, that is the time to plant the word of God in the root of your heart again. You know what some people do at those times? They say, I will never trust any boy anymore. I will never trust any boy anymore. In fact, they say things like, even older men are better. No wonder, five years down the line, it's only old men that are coming to you. I am not, I am not, see, I'm, I'm very serious. The root, the root was when your heart was broken and then you participated in that brokenness like it was your right. In fact, when people want to bring you out of you, you say, leave me. Leave me. Leave me. Oh. Leave me. Oh. Leave me. Oh. As if you is, as if it's your exclusive right to be sorrowful. The devil is a liar. A merry heart does good like medicine. Brings healing. So listen, I say this under the inspiration of the spirit. Whenever your heart is broken, always know that the mind of God for you is that you come to healing and health. Say amen. amen. If you stay in that brokenness and, and give yourself permission to wallow, 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 six months, you're still wallowing. Eight months, you're still wallowing. Then all of a sudden, depression thoughts come. Let me tell you, when Jesus, when Jesus cast out the devil, he said, if they come back, and they see the place swept and garnished and empty. <laughs> That's, you see, some people's hearts, no word of God is so swept and furnished. <laughs> now when they come back, they'll go and call their fellow. They say, oh, I don't find apartment. <laughs> Free housing. Boss, 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 boss. Come, 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 come. Hi. Now listen, the believer cannot be possessed. Because you already have the Holy Ghost. Light and darkness cannot do it in the same body. If you, as this light is on now, no darkness. If you turn off the light, there's darkness. That's the same way it is for you as a believer in Christ Jesus. Hmm? But the believer can be oppressed. Can be tormented. So, and why are they tormented? They have not risen up to their authority in Christ. I get something? Okay. You say, they say things like, I'm, I'm going somewhere with this. I want to be fast. They say things like, you, can, you, you may not be able to stop a bed from perching, from pe whatever. Or you can, whatever. I do that thing that they say. <laughs> My point is, don't let the bed fester. Don't let it build a nest. Don't let it do anyone. Yes, I guess what I'm saying? For example, a dog is here. <laughs> you are looking at it. Hey, puppy, 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 puppy. Some of you here who don't like pets, I like you. <laughs> Me, I like pets too. But, you know, some of these pets, they can be, they can be very horrible. 
Because they don't have, they, you know, you just mess up everywhere. <laughs> Until the thing bites you. You say, I was playing with it. I was playing with it. <laughs> you know what you're supposed to do? Get out of here in the name of Jesus. Let me tell you, some people are romancing pain. Romancing sorrow. Romancing it. Kiss me, kiss me, I'll kiss you. That's what many people are doing. That's what many people are doing with pain and sorrow and loneliness and depression. Let us kiss him. Oh, oh. How else do we show that we are human? I told you, as this thing is being deposited in your heart, this week we draw from these deposits. Because in circumstance, they are probably they are probably staring you in the face like this. Some of your some of the some of the <laughs> some of the hardship that you went through last week, they are looking at you like let me, <laughs> they are looking at you. Armed men, the Bible calls it armed men. They are looking at you like this. Let me see that you be free. Then as soon as you leave the service, another thing hits you. You say, you see, I knew, I knew they are always lying to us, deceiving us. <laughs> Am I teaching somebody here? Yes, sir. They're always lying to us, deceiving us. This thing does not work. Then as you say that, boom, seed has been planted. You say, ah, but eh, what this relationship thing? What this relationship? There's no faithful man. There's no faithful man. Oh man, ah, scum. Oh man, ah, this. Oh man, ah, that. Three years down the line, you are wondering why scum is coming to you. Moku mogbe modan. You are why are they coming to you? Listen, there is always that one more that God has for you. There's always you see, you have done 19 interviews, no job. There's always that one job that God has for you. But if you start talking defeats, that's the end. You cut yourself off. Five years, you are still wearing. Um, I better pass my neighbor, walking around your neighborhood, carrying fire, looking for job. But you will not know that that time your heart was broken. Those things you said out of your mouth. But thanks be to God, we have the ability to call words back. I'm not telling you to come and do it in public. In your, in your room. Ah, Lord, I said this about my, my education. I said I was not educated enough. And that people like me cannot get this opportunity. Call it back. And now plant new words according to the revelation. Is somebody being blessed by what I'm saying? Plant new words. You spoke wrongly about yourself yesterday. Only a fool cannot change his mind. You know that? Only a fool cannot change his mind. You said something that was bad yesterday. Change it today. That's, that's how you are not a fool. <laughs> are you hearing me? That's how you are not a fool. That's how we know you are wise. Some people will beat themselves with condemnation. This is what I said yesterday. Pastor is now saying, you are trapped by the words that you have spoken. Ah, that means me. I'm not even just trapped. <laughs> me, eh? Ah, hey. I'm in Kirikiri maximum. Maximum, the gate is big. They have locked the key, they've thrown away the key. My dear, you don't have to escape from the prison, you can walk out. Do you understand what I'm saying? Your the key is your mouth. 
you will use your mouth and talk and the prison gates will open and you will walk out into the freedom of the words that you are planting say amen, amen. so it says a merry heart and this is probably where i cannot go for that maybe we'll continue on on wednesday a merry heart does good like medicine but a broken spirit dries up the bones dries up the bones you just see people they are getting dry and dry you're wondering what's happening now when you get home i'm just going to mention this and i'll close when you get home research a man named norman cousins norman cousins norman cousins in 1964 norman cousins was diagnosed with a crippling connecting tissue disease. It's a kind of disease that they said he had one in 500 chances to be well. Do you know what Norman Cousins did? Do you know what he did? Norman Cousins went and bought loads and loads. Hear me, oh. He bought loads and loads of vitamin C. Hmm? Took with him comic videos and went into his room and was loading himself with vitamin C and comic videos and laughing. And laughing. And he got healed. Listen. Go and I gave you the name. Go and Google it and research him. And he got healed. One in 500. Now, what you have is bigger than comic videos. What you have is bigger than vitamin C. What you have is something called the joy of the Lord. But think about it. If a man was able to get healed from a disease that he had only one in 500 chances to get healed, what did he do? Let me, let me even read what he did. Because I wrote it down. Norman Cousins had a crippling connecting tissue disease. All right. He got himself, he locked himself in a place with lots of funny videos, vitamin C, and lots of water. Doctors gave him one in 500 chances to live. What did he use? Vitamin C. Funny videos. Plenty. So as one is finishing, you put down that one. And laugh. And laugh. And laugh and laugh. I was drinking a lot of water, taking in vitamin C and laughing. You in Christ, you have something better now than what Norman Cousins had that healed him of a terrible connecting tissue disease. You have what we call the joy of the Lord. You have the joy of the Lord. Say this with me a merry heart. Does good. Say it again. Say a merry heart. Does good. Say it again. Say a merry heart. Does good. Say I have a merry heart. I rejoice in God my Savior. Glory. Say I rejoice in God my Savior. Say it one more time. Say I rejoice. Say this with me. Say, I have a merry heart. Glory, hallelujah. 
So tell your neighbor, don't give an excuse for being sorrowful. Tell them. Say to them, say, there is no excuse for sorrow. Glory to God. Hello, church. Say, I have a merry heart. Do you have salvation? Yes. You see, this thing I'm teaching you now is good for the times we are living in. No money, no food, no nothing. See, and let me tell you, look up at me, everybody. You see this, your growth in the finished work of Jesus. You'll be intentional about it. Many people have been accidental, you know, just accidental. You stumble on this one today. No plan, no table, no nothing. Even your career, do you grow like that? (laughs) Career, career, do you grow like that? No. You know, believers, they just sit down, they just believe everything is going to be accidental. God has promised you will intentionally participate in his promise. You study about this joy. You find out about your redemption. You find out about your righteousness. And you take out time to rejoice in it. For some of you, one hour a day, praying in the Holy Ghost and rejoicing in this thing. How can you have more entertainment and still be depressed? How can you have more movies put together and still be depressed? If you watch all the movies on Netflix and follow all the series on Netflix, you might wake up at 45 and have no life. If you like answer, if you like don't answer, <laughs> me I'm teaching. When you have the mic, you toss it. Your... <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? No, you give one hour to Netflix. Watch one series. In fact, do the synopsis of the series to be sure that it's in sync with what your soul can carry. Because some of you, the problem is all the you know you know ideas are fighting in your head. God loves me. Satan hates me. Jagam, jagam, jagam. And you know why? Because you have been feeding your soul with garbage. After a while, maybe you read the synopsis. Read the storyline. At some point, you might just stay with maybe com- comedy, family, family movies, something, you know, something safe. Me, I like to watch horror, but it's been a while. It's been a while since I watched. And it's not a prop. See, because you know why I stopped? Because there don't seem to be no horror no more. Y'all are just joking right now. But then again, let me tell you. I stopped because there are spiritual implications. Don't answer. If you like, don't answer. Wait. Should be scripture that you and I read. Say faith comes by hearing. You don't know fear comes by hearing. Fear. You have surrounded you and you you watch it at 2 a.m. Wherever it's dark, you turn off light. You say, I want to be. Why can't somebody sit down and say, I want to be afraid? How? Scare me. You know what I'm You think it's your intellect you're using to watch the movie. No, it's your soul that is watching that thing. Then tomorrow you will know that you deliberately opened your soul to fear. Then when the fear shows up, it, can't show, it doesn't have to show up as... That, it won't show up like that. It will show up as you look into the future. And then you, you, you can't... Ah, there's no way out. Then your heart begins to fail for fear. 
Oh yeah, now laugh about that one. <laughs> no, wait, wait, wait. Am, am I teaching? Yes, oh yeah, laugh about this now. That you can't, you can't seem to see anyway. Oh yeah, laugh. It's funny. Laugh. Scare me. Laugh now. <laughs> you see, you can't laugh because it was never funny. Just imagine I spend my days feeding my soul with things that are uplifting. When we say select what you hear, people think it's control. It's not control. Select what you listen to. Select the things you give your voice to, your ear to, your eyes to. And you know the one that makes me laugh the most? He has no, ah, me, I know me. He has no impact on me. Is that self-glorification? <laughs> I won't say more than that. You see that thing you are saying, ah, me, I know myself. Ah, me, I'm very strong. Bro. My threshold, look at somebody say, my threshold for pain is very high. How? How? And we joke about those things. We joke. We joke. It's funny. How can you have a high threshold for pain? <laughs> me, I don't have, hey, hey, hey Jesus. It's like God designed me how I'm supposed to live my life. I have no. See, I have no. I, zero threshold for pain. Zero. Look, let me tell you. Say, ah, but Pio, are you not a man? I am. <laughs> we prove it in other ways. Not by taking. Not by pain. Yes, sir. If you see me taking injection. If you see me, you so you're a nurse, you're a doctor. If you see me taking injection, <laughs> and I'm not making it up. There was a day we went to, went to go and do tests. They wanted to give me injection. They wanted to take my blood. I said, wait, 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 wait. He said, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> then he's coming again. I said, wait, wait. No, no, I'm not joking. She's here. I'm not joking. Then she now came. She had to hold me, hold my hand. Now I say, babe, 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 now just say, okay, put, put now, put now. <laughs> put now. And I'm there, wait. <laughs> Hold on. I have zero tolerance for pain. Zero tolerance for suffering. Zero tolerance for fear. So when you start noticing fear is entering your heart, it might be fear for the future, fear for what your life will be, fear for where things will come from, fear for where provision will come from. Make sure you deal with that fear. It's not normal. You don't have to be sick. The sign of old age is not sickness. You don't have to be sick. Did you get sickness from Father Abraham? No. You say, Father Abraham has many many sons. <laughs> I am one of you. You are one of them. Did he give you where did you get arthritis from? Where? Fear. Where? Trepidation. Where? Worry. Where? See, let me close on this one. Abraham was so schooled on this righteousness consciousness. He entered the city. He was his wife. He said, he's my sister. He lied. God looked at his lie and, and waved away from it. Sometimes some of you will say, God, but you are not fair. How are you, how are you going to? And then he now struck the house of the king with barrenness. Let me tell you. You see the barrenness that the king's house experienced there. 
was the barrenness that they noticed they had to notice over time because there are some animals that they say, they say from the animals down so they are from animals that you look at maybe their cycle is supposed to be maybe what maybe every four months or something four months has passed first one nothing second one nothing so it was not just the human beings that they used to know because that one is nine months even the animals <laughs> why, why barren then when the king cried to god god now said i have appointed abraham my servant he will pray for you and you will be healed but lord he just liked <laughs> did he lie to you <laughs> say this with me i rejoice so in the name of jesus as you go into this week you find cause to rejoice amen, amen. say this with me say i have a merry heart so this month look up at me everybody we're going to practice this together you spend time meditating on god's word on his salvation on his redemption you know things that are free that you don't have to pay for you will let it well up in your consciousness then you will dance about it and sing about it are you get what i'm saying and rejoice in the god of your salvation Thank you for engaging with us in this episode. We trust that your life has been beautified. If you'd like to share what Jesus is doing in your life through this ministry, please write to us at hello.blueprintstories.org. You can visit our website at www.blueprintstories.org. You can also follow us on Facebook at The Blueprint Church and on Instagram at The Blueprint Church. Share.